are Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to a breaking edition of the Lockdown Predators podcast. We're your Nashville Predators podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer at Penalty Box Radio. And boy, do we have a doozy of a breaking news item for you this afternoon. John Hines, it's finally happened, folks, is out as Nashville Predators head coach, according to Kevin Weeks. And in comes Andrew Brunette. Assistant coach with the New Jersey Devils, Jack Adams nominee, last year as interim coach of the Florida Panthers, and member of the Nashville Predators inaugural team way back during the 1998-1999 season. Uh, Yeah, a lot to unpack here. First off, boy, this kind of seemed like the foregone conclusion that Hines uh, was not going to be back as Nashville Predators head coach, it started becoming just more and more clear throughout the off season, you know, never really got that big vote of confidence from Barry Trotz uh, other than just, you know, some, some praise for the work he did down the stretch. You know, you heard what three, four weeks into the off season when, you know, Barry Trotz uh, talked with, you know, Chase McCabe on one two nine, the game, um, or one to five the game, I should say, you know, he had that quote where he was just extremely non-committal uh, to John Hines, you know, wouldn't comment on his future, uh, just kind of offered in that same praise he offered during the offseason, but made it clear the valuation was still going on. And then over the weekend, we heard that the Predators were kicking the tires around, talking to some other coaching candidates. And it just seemed like at that point, John Hines' days were numbered. You know, I think what the Nashville Predators did was what they did when they fired Peter Laviolette back in 2020. It's that same kind of vibe when John Hines came in. Laviolette got fired. You know, they had the press conference the very next day. Um, John Hines comes in as named the new head coach. The Predators had their replacement signed, sealed, and delivered before they made the move about the coaching switch. And that seems like what this situation was. The Predators were only going to move on from John Hines, if they were 100% sure they could lock in their guy, their candidate that they absolutely thought that they could, you know, do a better job than John Hines. And that seems like what they got in Andrew Burnett. They weren't going to make that move, you know, w- without Andrew Burnett on the dotted line or, you know, whatever other candidate they were looking at. So it, it just kind of felt like this was a situation where if John Hines was back, it wasn't exactly going to be the Predators' plan A, that he was just kind of the last resort and he was going to get another chance if the Predators uh, couldn't find anybody better. How do we look at the John Hines era in Nashville? This is a little bit complicated because, as we mentioned many times before, there are a lot of people unhappy with this hire from day one. And I think the fact that a lot of people aren't a fan of John Hines kind of clouds some of the stuff he did do in Nashville. There's a lot of people are going to tell you that he's the worst coach the Predators have ever had. Uh, I mean, of the three the Predators have had, he's certainly been the least successful. So, you know, that's one thing in mind. I think at the end of the day, it comes down to John Hines was 
maybe the right guy for where the Nashville Predators thought they were as an organization and not necessarily the best option for where they in reality were going as a franchise. You know, John Hines, when he came over from New Jersey, you know, a lot of people sung the praise of him getting the best out of some of his players, helping players unlock that new step. You know, you heard Taylor Hall when after he won the uh, Hart Trophy under John Hines, you know, talk about how John Hines, you know, kind of helped him refine his game, you know, fine tune some things, uh, helped him, you know, kind of elevate himself to be a better player that wound up winning the MVP that year. You saw John Hines do that with a lot of players in Nashville. You know, you had uh, Roman Yossi absolutely shatter some team records. You had Matt Duchesne coming off one of the worst seasons of his career, wind up stepping up and breaking a team record. Most goals in the season. Philip Forsberg took his game to the next level. Ryan Johansson found some magic. Mikhail Granlund, after a couple of terrible years under Peter Laviolette, reinvented his game and became a good fit in music city but in reality the predators needed more than that they needed to develop younger players they needed to get that next generation of speed and skill ready to go they needed to kind of find a new way of thinking things maybe beyond just the you know old school preds defense first throw grit out there different guys to play in different situations they needed to kind of adjust their way of thinking towards the new NHL that a lot of these successful teams are taking advantage of. And that wasn't John Hines's strong suit. It just felt like John Hines could never really adapt. Maybe is the best word. It couldn't really think of a new way to, you know, utilize some talented players that were on his bench, you know, very much like, well, you know, here's Ellie Tolvanen on the bench who can score and is very fast and, you know, has a lot of skill, but he can't kill penalties. And, you know, we already have our, you know, first power play unit booked up. So he's on the bench and we're going to play Cole Smith because he kills penalties. You know, it's very much, I think in the NHL, especially nowadays, you have to find the best 12 forwards on your team, you know, 18 skaters, however you want to look at it. You have to find the best people on your team and figure out a way to use them that, you know, you do have different situations covered, you know, maybe there's, you know, a top line guy who's good at defense that maybe you need to help on the penalty kill. You know, we've seen Florida do that this year to get success. I mean, look at Sasha Barkoff. Really good two-way player, you know. The the Boston Bruins have been doing it with years. I mean, their number one center, Patrice Bergeron, is their number one penalty killer. And it just kind of seemed like John Hines was stuck in the this player, his role is going to be on the penalty kill. This player, his role is going to be in this situation on the power play. We're only going to give this player offensive zone starts, you know, not really adapting to you know, finding new ways to do things. And I think that at the end of the day was John Hines's downfall that, and, you know, I just think that he, he didn't really give players like, you know, Ellie Dolman a chance to grow. I really disagree with kind of how he handled Cody glass in the beginning of the season. Although I know Ann Kimmel's going to disagree with that, but this sort of, Oh, well you made a mistake. So I'm going to pull you from the game to kind of recenter your thoughts. Uh, I really did not like that strategy from John Hines. And I know some people will disagree with me, but you know, if the Nashville predators where they are right now, 
you know, you need your young players to grow and you might be in a situation where you're just going to have to put all of your prospects out there and say, screw it. There's going to be some growing pains, but we need to see what we have. That might be where the Nashville Predators are. And I'm not sure John Hines is best equipped to be that coach. Plus, let's be honest, if he was back, he would have had an extremely short leash next season. Let's look at the other side of this. Andrew Burnett coming in from the New Jersey Devils as his assistant coach there. Of course, everybody knows him uh, from his time in Florida last year, took over the interim coaching head or the interim head coaching role after Joel Quenville uh, was, you know, kind of forcibly put out by the NHL, winds up leaving the Panthers to the President's Trophy, nominated for the Jack Adams, uh, surprisingly not brought back as head coach or named head coach. They went out and got Paul Maurice, which at the time surprised a lot of people. Right now, it kind of looks like the right call, uh, but that will put you know Andrew Burnett out in New Jersey instead. And of course, we know what happened there. He takes over uh, for Lindy Ruff as an assistant coach uh, under Ruff. He is you know helps guys like Jack Hughes and, and some of these other players find the best years of their career. And all of a sudden, New Jersey is this hot up and coming young powerhouse with a lot of young star people and. I think there's, you know, Andrew Burnett certainly got a lot of credit for what's going on up there. And I think that is kind of the allure of bringing him back to Music City because you look at guys like, you know, Cody Glass, who's already in the NHL. You got guys like Phil Tomasino, Luke Evangelista, Joachim Kamel waiting in the wings. Um, and I think it's just the allure of having all of these young forwards. And as Barry Trotz mentioned, you know, we, we, they need to find that surefire number one center, that surefire, you know, kind of elite score at the top of the lineup, something that's alluded to the Predators for, you know, years. And Andrew Burnett is, that's kind of his reputation is developing those star forwards and helping young guys kind of find that next gear. That I think is probably the big hockey fit that the Nashville Predators saw in him. Uh, he is good at adapting, kind of, you know, we saw it in Florida last year, the way he utilized some of his star players and some of his younger players, kind of a different way of thinking, not afraid to kind of, you know, shuffle the deck, do some things different. That I think is another big thing. You know, I think the Predators need to kind of reinvent themselves a little bit. And that is another big allure. And we also have just this sort of, hometown feel don't we it was like when barry trotz came back to take over as gm you have somebody from that inaugural nashville predators team a very popular member of that nashville predators inaugural team coming back to nashville uh to kind of lead the helm and all of a sudden you sort of feel like a like a it was like when trotz came back it was just sort of like a full circle refresh excitement that sort of storyline where, you know, you have a guy who's been a member of this team coming back and helping the Predators kind of get out of this, you know, pit of mediocrity they are now. I like that. I, I like the fact that the Nashville Predators are prioritizing, you know, former players. Um, you know, I've already seen some talk about, you know, hey, maybe uh, Joel Bouchard, who's a very good AHL coach, wants to come over and uh, be an assistant in the NHL level now. 
you know, wouldn't, wouldn't hate that. I think it's fun for the players, you know, Nashville, uh, those of us who grew up here, we definitely know we'd like to prioritize our hometown kids. You know, we like our local feel. And, you know, so the fact that we have a couple of former predators now running the helm, you know, it kind of, it feels a little bit more special, doesn't it? It it feels more like, you know, we're behind them. We're going to have patience. And I think that's the big thing too, is this predators next step in the franchise is going to need some patience, at the end of the day, it's just, you know, I think from a fan perspective too, like what happens if you bring back John Hines? It's just a power keg waiting to explode. You know, and I think that's the other thing is you need to kind of have a full reset for the team, for the fan base, for the city, for the organization, and bringing in a new head coach, I think certainly does that. I think it would have been equally as unfair uh, to John Hines to put him in that situation next year where you're just waiting for the first sign of trouble as an excuse to cut him loose rather than just saying, you know what, we need to start fresh. We need to start with some guys. And the writing was on the wall for John Hines anyway. Um, I think it's I think it's a smart move for the Nashville Predators just to go full reset, give the Predators fans some optimism next year, give your team space to breathe, and now you can really focus – if you're Barry Trotz on building this team, how you want to have them play the style you want to, and maybe reinvent yourself as a franchise. Uh, There is so much more uh, to get into this. uh, And we are going to do that. I'm sure several times this week, uh, Ann and I will be doing a full recording tomorrow morning, uh, Wednesday morning on the Lockdown Predators podcast. So stay tuned for that. Uh, as of course, there's probably also going to be some kind of press conference uh, to kind of explain what went down here from Andrew Burnett, all that good stuff. Uh, so we look forward to that. So stay tuned with us. We will be here every step of the way. In the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Predators. You can find my story on John Hines at Penalty Box Radio and follow me at underscore NS Morgan on Twitter as well. That's going to do it for us uh, quickly on this uh, breaking edition of the Lockdown Predators podcast. Again, we will have a lot more on this coming up later this week. So stay tuned. In the meantime, enjoy the rest of your day. We will have more on this breaking story as it develops.